Hello and welcome to the Media Leader Podcast. I'm Omar Oaks, and here we are today bringing you an interview with ITV's CEO, Carolyn McCall. Um, I was lucky enough to interview Carolyn at our recent Future of TV Advertising Global event in London, and oh my God, um, amazing. Carolyn has been running ITV for nearly six years, and if you thought that she was about to hang up her boots, her boots, does she wear boots? Probably not. If you thought she was about to quit after that much time in charge launching this new streaming service ITVX um, you'd be wrong judging from how she appeared um, we were backstage of the event and she was listening to the previous speaker Brian Weezer, and she was incredibly animated looking at the monitor and hearing what he had to say and almost commentating as he went along she had lots of views and as you'll hear from our interview on stage at FTV Global she has lots of enthusiasm and plans for the year ahead for ITV. So we hear a lot about how ITVX has performed in its first year, why they rebooted, what it's achieved, and importantly, what's next in year two. There's talk about fast channels, there's talk about new formats, there's talk about ITV going global and Planet V. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've got to listen to this interview because it's very interesting and fits into the wider conversation about how a national broadcaster um, is going to compete with streaming platforms, the global ones, the Disney's, the Netflix's, which have all um, had their challenges in their first year of doing ad-funded cheaper tiers. Um, so really interesting. And please do enjoy my interview with Carolyn McCall. Um, the audio, remember, this is recorded on stage. The audio isn't um, to our usual high standards on the Media Leader podcast. You may hear a couple of coughs here and there, but you know, it's worth listening to. You'll get over it. Anyway, I bring you Carolyn McCall. We're here to talk about ITVX one year on, and Carolyn was kind enough to speak at our Future Media conference, which happens in London every October, when you were just about to launch ITVX. Um, so that was very much a UK audience. This is a more international audience. Thank mm -hmm. you for flying in. Um, explain, let's go back to basics. What was the challenge that you were trying to solve? You already had, you're a public service, the, the UK's biggest commercial broadcaster. You already had a video on demand platform, ITV Hub. What was the problem with it? What, were you, what problem were you trying to solve by launching ITVX? Why rebrand? Why launch a new platform? Yeah. I mean, I just think just a step back, which is ITV six years ago was an analog linear company and everything kind of revolved around that. And we had our studios division, which I think is a very important part of our overall strategy, which we might come on to. But studios is B2B selling content to others, right? Um, but as a, as a network, we were very analog, and we didn't have a platform. So ITV Hub was not really a platform. It was just a very basic catch-up service. Um, and when you look at what's happening around you, uh, not just today, but even eight years ago, you would say, ITV had to have its own streaming service. And that's, it's a, it's a really easy thing to say. It's quite a hard thing to deliver. But actually once we, ha we had built, so we had to build the, the digital kind of tech foundation. We didn't have any data scientists. We didn't have a head of data. We didn't have, we had research. We had a load of viewer research, it's a very different thing. So really I think the first two or three years, it was about transforming um, 
broadcast, if you like, into becoming not what was about what we did brilliantly on linear. It was about doing what we did on linear very well, but also really thinking through how we could set up a, a successful streaming service by leveraging all the assets and abilities that we had in linear, but, but really amplifying them in streaming. And streaming is different. It's different. Um, and so we had to build the technology. We built the platform. We built Planet V. We bought Videology, as you might remember. So we had the ad stack as well as the digital foundations to be able to do not just an S-board service, which we launched with first. I do agree with Brian. I think a lot of um, broadcasters underestimate that you know, direct to consumer, that subscription revenue is just an important profit stream to have. It's not more important than AVOD. I think AVOD is where our future business is always going to be and our current business is. Um, but we, we, ha we got all of those pieces in place, really, before we could do ITVX. But we were all sure, even four years ago, that we needed to do a very strong streaming service. And so the difficulty, I said this to you last year, you know, we were doing it from a standing start. And we had to bring in quite a lot of new capability to do that, which we did. And we now have, you know, a huge amount of data, 40 million registered users. You know, since launch, we've had two and a half billion streams on ITVX. But most importantly for me, you know, the really big goals were better user experience, infinitely better than they were getting on Hub, because Hub was a real barrier to people coming in to what would be the newer future side of ITV, whereas ITVX really exemplifies you know, good user experience. We've got personalization coming in now, only just now, so kind of nine months in, uh, but a really good personalization engine. The ad, I mean, Planet V is a very effective targeted, personalized way of advertising. The agencies seem to really like it and use it a lot. So it's all come together. And I think the most pleasing thing for me is that we're attracting more light viewers as a result of it. So we have, you know, if you have 40 million people registered on ITVX, that's huge. I mean, you know, just to give you context, we work very closely with Boots on Matchmaker, one of our products. They have 16 million on their loyalty cards. So to have 40 million, that's amazing. But the thing is we need those people to access ITVX and to become monthly active users. And that our monthly active users have gone up considerably, you know, 20, 25%. But in addition to that, our light users are coming into ITVX, that 96% increase on that. And when they come, they're staying to watch other things. Because what was happening on Hub is if you were a rugby fan, you'd just come in and you'd go. Or you know, if you were watching World Cup football, you'd come and go, or Love Island. You'd come, you'd watch the whole thing, and you'd go. Now, 88% of people that are coming in to watch those big flagship shows are watching other things. So all of those things, that those things matter as much, I think, as the big launch and the brand of ITVX. And people see it as more contemporary, more modern, and much more usable. So that's where we are today. Still loads more to do. I mean, loads more to do. Yeah, so it sounds like um, not just something that you did maybe in reaction to the, 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 the pandemic, 
Um, but actually, this has been something that sounds like it's been years in the making. When did you actually make the decision internally that we needed to do this? I think we set out our strategy, which was in two phases, and we said it had to, you know, we, 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 it became an externally used phrase, but it was really only intended to be internal, which was more than TV. Because mm. if you have, I mean, Brian is right, if you come from that background of TV, um, th there's a mindset, there's a way of doing things, there's a, you know, it, it, it's very TV-centric. And I had to get people to see that we were no longer just TV, that we had to be much more than TV to succeed and thrive in the future. And, and, and therefore, we set out our stall to say, you know, we have got to be a digital player but we had to build all of it, as I said. So phase one was kind of really transforming that whole broadcast division, really augmenting our studios division content and, and just really, really understanding direct to consumer because ITV had never been in direct to consumer. You know, viewers are viewers. You don't have any interaction with them, right? Really, except when they complain about a show and that's, you know, that feels more remote. Direct to consumer is when they're paying you money you have to listen, that kind of thing. You know, we, we had no experience of that. So it was building that. Phase two was then supercharged streaming and optimized broadcast. So we were then in a position to be able to launch ITVX and really optimize what we do in broadcast and be more efficient and more productive and continue with the studio strategy, which is really important diversification to, 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 to the obvious linear advertising recession that we're experiencing right now. Mm. Um, and I think there is an advertising recession more generally in the UK, actually. It's not just about yeah, yeah, why is that? That was something that was discussed um, with Brian Weiser just now. I mean, mm. what, what's happening in the UK? I mean, you at One Earnings Call, you called it the worst advertising recession yeah. since the financial, well, financial crash. I think, I mean, I what's think, going on? Well, I mean, you can see it. You can, you, you can feel it and you can see it out, out there. I mean, cost of living crisis, two, two wars, particularly Ukraine, but energy prices going through the roof. I mean... People are not, they, they have savings because of COVID. So it's not as if there isn't some household money. There is, but there are many, many people that don't have those savings who would have in the past be, have been spenders. So consumers' confidence is very, very low. You look at every index. Business confidence, I think, is beginning to feel a bit better. But business confidence has been very low. You just look at it, there's no M&A activity much to talk of. There's private equity can't get their money away because uh, rates are so high. So interest rates, inflation. The UK is in a kind of, I know technically we're not in recession. So Rishi will tell you that all the time. Rishi Sunak will say that all the time. But the fact is it feels like a recession to a lot of people and they're not gonna do spending in the way they were spending in 2019 or 2021 post COVID, massive bounce back. So I'm being, you know, totally honestly, I'm, we're very realistic about linear TV. There is definitely a cyclical effect effect, so this cost of living and all of that I've just described, there's also a structural effect. Of course there is, right? And the, the, the skill, I think, is to really make sure that as a company, you are getting the, the transition right to ITVX, to IP and more. So it's, it's kind of being for, for, for audiences to be able to access you wherever they want, whenever they want, but you've got to make sure that transition is a very profitable transition, in rather a, than simply looking at, looking at it and saying, if you're the BBC, you can say, they don't have to monetize what they do on BBC, and therefore they can make those transitions without thinking about the commercial model. We have to think about the commercial model all the time, so it's an important transition. 
I, I believe there will always be, for, for some time to come, I mean, you look at the next eight to 10 years, mass reach through linear will still be an incredibly important thing to advertisers. But so will digital targeted advertising. And it's important for us that we take our place in that digital revenue bucket that he was talking about that marketeers have to think about all the time. And, and that's what we're doing with Planet V, and that's what we're doing with all our all the things you've heard about over the last couple of days about ad innovation, about you know data matching, about you know there's so many products that we've launched that are going to keep us very relevant in client minds. Yeah, um, and we'll get into a lot of that because definitely there are lots of facets to what you've been doing in your six years at ITV. Um, and you know, I talked to so many more different senior people within your organization than I used to five years ago. So Good. it's it's really interesting. Um, in a perverse way, um, given that you've, your first year of ITVX has happened in such a tough advertising market in the UK, has that actually, in a perverse way, been advantageous? Because we've seen with streaming platforms, they've had to increase prices. It's, if you're, if you're make, trying to make money from an SWOD platform when mm. cost of living is high, consumer confidence is low, it's tough. They've had to increase prices. Mm. Um, does that actually make the case for more AVOD? Yeah, I, I think, look, we research this all the time. Consumers love free-to-air. They really, because really, the quality of the content you're getting on ITVX is extremely good, right? It really is. Dramas are amazing. They do really, really well on ITVX. We've had the Rugby World Cup. We've had Big Brother. We've had Love Island. You know, we've had the Long Shadow, which has been one of the most successful dramas ever made, really. I mean, in, in the, you know, the, in the last four years. So we, we, you know, when you look at that quality and you say, okay, here in the UK, People know that they're watching advertising and they're getting it free. That's not an issue for us. That's not a barrier. That's very positive. And we have ITVX Premium, which has got the library of BritBox, all of BBC and ITV, and all of ITVX content ad-free. Yeah, and how, how, so how many people are subscribing to ad-free ITVX then? So about one, one and a half, 1.3, something like that. And I think there's more to do there. I mean, I think there's definitely more we can do, but our priority has been user experience and advertiser experience. We've been very, very focused on those two things because really we are a advertising leader we pride ourselves on being very good with clients and agencies and listening to them and working with them. And we've done a lot of that and tried to get the ad products right on ITVX. So it's, it's been our focus. It's not to say we won't look at the subscription layer more and how we develop that. We will do that. We've, we've been very focused in this last year. Yeah, okay. Um, as you mentioned, 2.5 billion streams, that was the number you announced in November. Um, it took you just four months to hit a billion streams. Um, and going forward, you've talked about launching new ad formats on ITVX, like pause ad, yes. pause a program, yeah. see an ad, um, contextual ads. I think yeah. I was in Hall 2 yesterday, we heard um, Jay Rajdev talk about um, advertising against particular moments, getting AI to um, tag all of those moments within shows and advertise against that potentially. Um, and you're, you're raiding other SVOD platforms, not Netflix, for um, box sets as well, which is really interesting. We'll I get think into raiding well. is a great 
wrong term. <laughs> we pay for those, <laughs> quite lots of money. But actually, they do very well. So I think the, the way you do content is really, really important going forward, which is to really understand what your viewers want. They want high-quality British drama. They want live sport. They want live. So they love live entertainment stripped because they, you know, it's like an appointment to view. They love, they love that. But they also really like, with us, US acquisitions. So we have a, quite a big... I mean, it's quite a niche audience, but it's a really valuable audience, people coming in for, the, for what you've just said, but we're hardly raiding them. <laughs> um, it's a well. It's a very interesting thing that's happening where you've got this. Um, I heard it described as a secondary market where you can go to Disney and Dis Rita Ferrer from Disney was on earlier, and you can say, "Hey, your shows, we can run it free to air in the UK. Mm. Let us do that." Mm. Um, and that's happening quite a lot. That's it quite is. interesting. It I is mean, quite how, interesting because they wouldn't have done that before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's very interesting things happening between different broadcasters in terms of how you're doing deals. Mm. But within that, how do you stay? distinctive how do you you know i, I some people uncharitably describe some s1 streaming platforms as like a, a modern version of blockbuster video in mm. bargain basement things nothing wrong with blockbuster but, video but how, how, do you, how do you say distinctive if you're just kind of you know building because, a library of well because we're not i mean it's probably god i think it's probably five percent of what we do I mean, the rest of it is ITV Studios makes, you know, about 30% of shows for, they all tend to be about, they tend to be, you know, very high quality dramas or they tend to be unscripted shows, new formats. And then, you know, the rest of it we'll commit, you know, a lot of it we'll commission from indies and we work very closely with the creative community in, in Britain. But really all our shows, and we will obviously, you know, if we're running Love Island UK, we'll, because we've made it in Australia and we've made it in America, we'll also run that on ITVX. And that works really, really well. But largely what we're doing is we're making kind of shows originated in Britain about British society, people, events, whatever it might be. That, that's predominantly what our distinctiveness is. And, and you know, we've, we've really got a name for true crime. You know, we've really developed that as a genre and it, that does very well for us, for example. Our entertainment shows, I think, are known to be, you know, leading in the world, actually, not just in, in the UK. So, so we're very distinctive. And our news, I mean, it's worth me just saying, you know, the way we do news, as a PSB is very different, mm. uh, even to the BBC. I mean, we do regional news really, really well. And if you look on ITVX today, we launched yesterday rails uh, a rail of news, and you can go into your area and you can get regional updates. So, you, you know, that's another big step forward for ITVX because that took us a little while. It's complicated to do. So we're very distinctive. I think if you go onto ITVX, you kind of know this is like ITV on steroids kind of thing, you know? It's like a ramped up version of 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 ITV if that makes sense. Yeah. And um how do you think ITVX can maintain its share of streaming um as the ad supported streaming universe expands? Mm. I think it's it's not so much I, I think the the more you do, the more your streaming hours are going to come in. It's 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 more about how you compete for audience in a world that is so full of choice. Some of it is good, some of it is bad, some of it is, but it's all choice. And I think we have, we have, we have learned that the way we market and the way we communicate, because it's not just about marketing, it's about events, it's about 
personalized communication with people who want to know what's coming up. So you go from very big to very small, and we still use a lot of very big communication. But even that, the tone of that has changed. Um, so it's really about attracting the audience. And then, of course, distribution is so critical. So I was at something in the States where they, the, the heading was content is king, but distribution is King Kong. <laughs> and I thought that is right. That is so right today. If you don't get your head around that uh, and you have a, only a broadcast head on, you're completely screwed. Because if you don't deal with the thousands of platforms that you could deal with, some, some very small, some major platforms, but how you deal with them, they all have different technologies. You've got, you know, so ITVX launched on, I think, 90% of platforms at launch, right? That was really hard. That's the one thing that slows you down. Um, but, you know, that's been a really big step change for us. Um, but just go back to this thing about creativity and advertising. I think it's quite important that we launched something called B, which any studios, brands and entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a real distinctive attribute for us, I think, which our content is, but so is the way we work with the advertising community. And the reason we launched that is because there are some clients that use us brilliantly, like M&S and Boots, for example, eBay, where they, t they use everything that we do really effectively, including content. Um, so with Boots, they, they do a lot of product placement in Love Island, but they also do beach tutorials, which we make for them. So we film little pieces of stuff where Love Islanders say how they do their makeup using Boots products or hair or whatever it might be. But it's, it's content, it's data matching, so we match data with them and, and, and that, that's very effective. You know, I think the Love Island work they did is they, they got a 51% sales increase on the products that they put into that show. So it's a, it's a multiple kind of touch point. And B is about being able to make content that really, really understands the audience they're trying to reach and then connecting with that audience through data, but also through brand advertising and through targeted advertising to get as many people watching it. It's a very different thing. Um, M&S have done it brilliantly with Cooking with the Stars and our, our commissioners love that show. So they've recommissioned it again, not because it's ad funded entertainment, because it's a really good show. So that, that's the kind of thing we can do much more of. And that's why launching that has been quite important because it's very distinctive to us. You know, the Beeb can't do it. I think no one else really can do it like us because we also have our own studios division where they will start getting involved right at the very beginning and make that program. But because they understand ITV and the commissioners, they can make that program so that it will be recommissioned. Yeah, and that's, what I mean? that's very interesting because um, I don't know how many people would know this, with, even in, within the UK, but studios is actually a bigger proportion of your business now than the advertising, the ad sales business. It's definitely more revenue, um, yeah. Yeah, so um, obviously difficult this year with the writer's strike and selling to yeah. the US maybe hard. I mean, does that put more pressure well, on the AB studio in order to, to get that? No, off? I think studios is really doing very, very well. I mean, it, it, it is interesting. One Piece is a, a show, ITV America show, and it was the number one show on Netflix made by ITV America in 46 countries. So amazing. So they make brilliant content. And then uh, Squid Games, The Challenge, was made by ITV Studios and Stephen Lambert. And that was the number one unscripted show on Netflix in everywhere it went. So what I'm trying to describe, I suppose, is that Studios is a formidable uh, content producer. And, and 
advertisers can leverage some of that to make shows for them that go on ITV and then do a whole range of other things for their products as well as their brand. And, and I think that, so, so they, you know, writer strike, yes, thank, thank heavens it's done, but that will just, that will just mean we haven't been able to produce. So we've had to displace shows mm. into 2025. So yeah, it hit to 2024, but it's not gone away. We'll still get the shows. But it's quite interesting in terms of where it seems like you're going in this, this chapter of your tenure as ITV CEO, looking very much internationally. And um, you mentioned Planet V as well. So studios selling content abroad, Planet V, Sky in the UK is now part of Planet yeah. V, but you've got some uh, European, part of it. Got some European broadcasters as well. Yeah, so that's very much potentially a global proposition. It seems like it would you, be a European proposition. It, 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 it seems like are you basically trying to make ITV a global, not a global broadcaster, but a global media company? So I think what we will always be is a national champion. So ITV is UK. Um, in terms of viewers, but it has a very large global footprint because we're in 13 countries around the world already with ITV studios, um, and they make they make programs for all of the streamers and broadcasters and cable and you know pay. So it's 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 we've expanded that global footprint. You're absolutely right, and we will we're already in kind of uh, collaboration with broadcasters across Europe, and I think we'll do more of that with Planet V. I think you're right. I think the more important thing for us, that global is important, but the more important thing for us is to have a really diversified business. So linear advertising, yeah, as I said, cyclical pressure, but obviously structural pressure. Digital advertising, which is ITVX, has grown double digit every year um, and has had a very strong year again this year. And that will continue. Digital advertising is going to take more uh, of the cake, as Brian described, and we we have to be right. At the, you know, we have to be getting that money, and that's a growth business. And studios, even though you know it's been affected by writer strike and by free to air taking content budgets down. Yes, of course, free to airs will look at content, but they've got to be very careful. They can't cut so much that they don't have stuff that viewers want to watch on screen. So even free to airs need to commission content. Mm -hmm. So. Studios, I think, will continue to grow, and it is a growth business, so the market is growing about 1% to 2% even now. Um, so that's the most important thing strategically for ITV, is to do everything we can on linear, but to really, really resource ITVX and make sure that is getting as much uh, digital revenue as it can, and to do partnerships across both, and then to have a diversified studios business, which is growing as well. Yeah. Um, you weren't here earlier this morning where we had a talk from um, Peter Field, the advertising effectiveness guru, um, which is fantastic, wasn't it? Um, and if you want more Peter Field, um, listen to the Media Leader podcast. Um, we, did a, we did a teaser interview um, a couple of weeks ago. Look out for that. Um, he talked about, uh, he, he, he sent out a warning to you and your, your fellow media owners. Personally. Yes. <laughs> um, where Be careful what you wish for was the words he describes where TV's power is in driving effectiveness, yeah. long-term brand building. Yeah. Everything you've just described in terms of building digital revenue, yeah. a lot of that, if you watch the video on demand ads, are some kind of repurposed mm -hmm. um, as you see on linear, but a lot of it's going to be increasingly, you might think, short-term performance stuff. 
Are you concerned? Is that a concern of your sales team where you need to be mindful of that? Well, we're very mindful of effectiveness, uh, impact and effectiveness, right, are the two things we talk about all the time. I do think performance, I do, I do hate the way uh, it's, it's a kind of binary thing, brand performance. It's really not. I mean, I used to do marketing, right? So it's not, it's not it's in the real world when you're, you know, of course there are some, you know, some things you get short-term performance on much more quickly, but it doesn't mean to say you can't do brand advertising that is also has, has also got performance metrics to it that you're measuring your ROI on. So, you know, whether that's it's driving search or, or whether that's, you know, the, the, the effect with other media is more powerful if you do it this way or that way. So, you know, I, 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 so I would say we are very focused on that. Kate, yesterday, Kate Waters, uh, who works at ITV and is, uh, you know, is a director in, in terms of strategy there, she talked about outcomes and she talked about a lot of money that we're investing in outcomes for advertisers, which is all about measurement. And that's on linear advertising as well as on digital. Um, and so we take that very seriously because we think that is the game. I mean, that's what, you know, that's, and I, and I do think, you know, I, I, I'm afraid, I think that in agencies, a lot, a lot of people will just say, I've got to load up digital because that's what the client expects, right? Because someone in the client has said, you know, digital's performance. And, and that's not, you know, that's not always working. So if you talk to the agencies, they'll say, that's not always effective, but actually, we're under pressure to do it. So we've got a job to do that, I think, as TV, and not just TV, as a digital kind of entity as well, to say, you've got to look at this. We have to talk to the clients about that, because I, I, I'm not sure the agencies will do as much as they can, but I think we've got to get to clients to say, you've got to look at the outcomes work, you've got to look at the, 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 how effective we can be by using Target advertising, mass reach, product placement, you know, creative partnerships. There's just a whole load of things that we can do. I think, you know, TikTok is unbelievably popular, effective. Everyone talks about it. But it does something different to what we can do for clients. And, that, and, and we need to be much more forceful and, um, and kind of loud about that. Yeah. Yeah, very quickly. Um, fast. How big of an opportunity do you see that? Fast. You know, getting very excited about it. Growing a lot in America, not so much here. Yeah, huge. Turns Big Brother. You you bought Big Brother. You bought Big Brother back this yeah. year, and you you've launched but, it as a fast yeah, channel. Yeah, on that's RTX. worked really well. Is do you see Fast as being a big part of the I future? Think, briefly, I, I think Fast will be a part of it. Definitely. Not so a big we're already part. doing it. Well, I think it's you know the, the big part is all the other stuff we've been talking about. Fast is a part of us driving, you know, loyalty, impact, engagement because it's quite niche. Now, it has done very well in America. We can learn a bit from that, actually. But I think at the moment, it will be, it will grow. And as of January the 1st, 2024, we can get Fast Channel sponsored and we can take advertising. So that's a big hurrah because we can commercialize them. So there'll be more of them. Okay. And final, final question. I can't let you go without talking about I'm a celebrity. Nigel Farage is still there. Um, I know it's an international audience. There's a, maybe a UK question. In case you don't know, Nigel Farage is like a, uh, I think James O'Brien broadcasters described him as a, as a, as a uh, car boot sale Donald Trump or something like that. Um, so you, you've done what NBC did in America. You put this far-right demagogue on a reality TV show. Oh, yeah. How's that gone? Is it, is it 1.5 million well spent? Do you know, I, um, firstly, we've never said how much we pay anyone on that show, so I think that's 
I'm not going to get into that. And I think the thing about I'm a Celebrity is it makes a lot of noise whenever it's on. And this show is no exception. And it's doing, I mean, it's, it's getting 9.6, 9.7 million viewers every single night watching that show and Sunday will be big. So it's an entertainment show. It has lots of different views on it and it always has had, right? So you don't just get one view on it. And you, you know, he said yes. <laughs> and has, has he achieved it's not, what, it's not it, popular I can tell you you know, it, it, you know we've got a lot of emails but we've also had emails going this is really good and you know this is a great show so it's not because um, he's of course a broadcaster on GB News which is a recently new news channel in the UK mm -hmm. and they've you know they've um, suffered from advertising boycotts from some quarters um, sponsors haven't been annoyed about Nigel Farage? No, actually. We haven't had any complaints from sponsors or advertisers that I know of. And I think Ellie might have told me, but I don't, I don't you know, he might have done. But um, I, no, no, not so far. Great. Everyone, please give a big hand to ITV CEO, Carolyn McLean. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. You can find and listen to all our episodes on our website at themedialeader.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. But just remember, please do subscribe to be notified when we release our next episode. From all of us at The Media Leader, I'm editor Omar Oaks. The basic producer is Jack Benjamin. See you next time.